Welcome to the Bird's Eye View Podcast. I'm Jeff McLean here along with Zach Berman. Day before the NFL draft is to start, and it's a big one, Zach, for the Eagles. They have uh, seven picks, one in the first round, two in the second round, uh, two in the fourth round, and a lot of questions about what they're going to do this year. Um, obviously, the importance uh, of this draft is significant because of you know Carson Wentz's looming contract extension, and the Eagles really need to kind of get young um, uh, get young quality players on this roster. Let's start with the first round. Obviously, the Eagles have the number twenty-five overall pick. Let's uh, let's go with what you think they're going to do, uh, or how you think it's going to play out, uh, and then we'll go from there. Sure, I I would look at defensive line, uh, both lines, but defensive line in particular. Uh, and I was focusing on the Clemson guys, the the three Clemson likely first round picks: Christian Wilkins, Cleveland Farrell, and Dexter Lawrence. And and uh, and and Dexter Lawrence. I don't believe Wilkins will be there. I think there's an outside shot. It depends if there's an early run on quarterbacks uh, and wide receivers there. Um, I do think Dexter Lawrence will be there, and that's the player that I picked for them. I understand the the size is a concern, the the view that he's he's a run-stuffing guy. I think he has the potential to be more than that. He's an athletic 342-pound defensive lineman. Short-term, he can be your early-down guy. Long-term, I think he can pair with Fletcher Cox as, a, as your long-term starter there. Yeah, I think if we're looking at positions, uh, we all agree that D-line will be the most likely, probably defensive tackle. Um, I still feel like if, if you had to ask me player or trade back, though, I think they trade back. Sure. It's going to be more likely. Um, just because I think players are going to drop, especially the defensive linemen. There's so many of them. And there could be a number of quarterbacks obviously that aren't first-round caliber quarterbacks if you look at them long-term, but you know they, they go earlier than, than expected, or at least a lot of times than they're worth. And I think that'll kind of make the Eagles look at the board when they're 25 and say, okay, we can get so-and-so a little later in the second round and then add on a third-round pick, that third-round pick they lost last year when they traded for Golden Tate, um, and still get a quality guy in here. If they're going twenty five, I'm kind of I'm kind of keyed on Jeffrey Simmons. Okay. Um, just uh, you know, just hearing the the rumors around the NFL uh, that the Eagles are are really interested, and and you know, I, I think you have him pretty high up on on your list of guys that they could likely take too, uh, for the same reason I do, and that you know they they if you can get a top ten caliber talent at twenty five, even though he's coming off the ACL injury. That's something I think Howie likes to, likes to do. But but let me ask you this, Jeff, and and you wrote this in your heat chart too that it won't just be a Howie Roseman decision. Then Jeffrey Lurie would need to sign off on it too. You know this organization well. How do you think that would go down? Yeah, I mean we're talking about the uh, obviously the incidents that happened in high school. There's video of him striking a girl. Um, yeah, that would be a little bit of a hard sell. Now that was you know how many years ago it's four years um, ago now yep yeah he hasn't had anything since then uh if they you know i'm sure they look that you know they do their work on these guys mm-hmm. they they're like private eyes i mean they they dig in deep and, and try and find out a lot about their character not only in terms of whether they they want to play football at this level and put in the necessary work but also whether they, if they're just they're good people and um 
and they're going to stay out of trouble. And my feeling is that they can look at, at this as, a, as an isolated incident um, and look at the bigger picture, the, the larger, um, the, re- the rest of the, of the story of this, of this kid and uh, be, able to, be able to sell it that way. Uh, we've seen it before. I mean, there, there were other guys that he's brought, they, they brought in before that had, that made mistakes. And, mm-hmm. You know, Jalen Mills, um, for instance, that have yet have well, I, Jalen Mills may be a bad example of <laughs> <laughs> after what happened down in DC, but um, and they they brought them in and they stay they've kept their noses clean. So uh, you know, Simmons is a guy that I've kind of keyed on, but again, I, I feel like as you mentioned, uh, Lawrence is, is a possibility. Wilkins, if he falls. Uh, Mark Marquise Brown, we have yet to mention yep. a, a really dynamic receiver that could be a guy that replaces eventually replaces Deshaun Jackson on the outside. Um, but I, I still feel like trading trading back is going to be the most likely um, scenario. But a, a follow up question too on on Simmons because. Yeah, the the off the field research is is one part of it, and, and you addressed it there. The other thing, and we saw the Eagles do this with Sidney Jones, is drafting what's essentially a redshirt player uh, because there is the unknown. How is that guy going to look after the injury? How do you think the Eagles would approach that part of it? Well, because I think ACLs are just kind of. You know, if this was 25, 30 years ago, then, yeah, you'd be concerned. But ACLs are ACLs. I mean, sure. I think they're kind of – right? Wouldn't you agree? I would agree with that. I, I just wonder the relative value there. But like you said, if if you feel this is a top-10 talent, um, three years from now you could be looking at it and, and saying you have a potentially elite player that you drafted at number 25. Um, so there's that push-pull there. I just wonder if there's a cleaner prospect on the board – in terms of health and in terms of off the field, yeah. Well, how many? I mean, how many teams ahead of the Eagles could be could be uh, could be willing to take a guy that won't play this coming year? Like, you could be a team that's you know, okay, we're rebuilding. We we don't expect to win this year, like the Raiders or whoever. Um, or it could be a team that has the amount of depth that the Eagles have, whereas they say, okay, this is a guy. You know, we don't need him right now. In a, in a few years, then he'll be ready to play. And there aren't really that many teams ahead of them that that you could say. Are like that? Um, yeah, the, the the team I would watch out for there is awesome. Seattle, uh, yeah. and the reason I say Seattle is because now they have that second first round pick in the Frank Clark deal, and uh, if it, they've they've shown a willingness to gamble before, and the fact that you have that second first rounder, I think gives you a little flexibility. So that would be the team I, I'd watch, and if they're worried about the Eagles drafting him. They have, they have two picks in the 20s, one before the Eagles, one after the Eagles. So that would be the team I would watch with Jeffrey Simmons. Yeah, they could move up for him. Uh, maybe the Colts mm-hmm. as well. That's one pick after the Eagles, yep. Yeah, well, maybe they could jump him if, they, yeah. if they're a little nervous that the Eagles wanted to take him. Um, you know, I think, the, I think it's going to be interesting uh, because there are a lot of intriguing uh, candidates. I think last year when the Eagles were at number 32, we all felt pretty strongly that they would trade out. Uh, there would be a team wanting to come in and, and nab a quarterback, and that's what happened with the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. And they were able to drop back, you know, almost 20 picks. They ended up moving up a little bit to get Dallas Goddard. But they got, you know, what they thought was first-round caliber player in the second round. And I feel like there's going to be that 
uh, that possibility in terms of the second round. Now, they had two second-round picks. How do you see, let's say they stay at 25, how do you see the second round playing out if they were to stay pat uh, with those two picks? It's it's a good question there because I look at it like those three picks overall. I I, I think they're going to come out of those three picks with. Yeah, let's let's look at the what position. What do you think yeah. is most likely? So, even if they move back, those three picks. So I think they're 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 going to come out of it with an offensive skill player, and I phrase it like that because it might be a wide receiver, it might be a running back. Uh, I think it really depends who's there, and then I would look at either an offensive lineman or a safety. Uh, I, I think they're they're going to come out of those picks with a defensive lineman, and uh, an offensive skill player, and then either an offensive lineman or a safety. Uh, in terms of the offensive skill player, I, I'd say the, the the wide receiver in the second round that would really intrigue me, and and you wrote about him last week is Paris Campbell uh, from Ohio State had had a four three one forty fastest at the combine, had ninety catches at Ohio State. Is, is viewed more as a horizontal guy now, but I think that's the kind of player Doug Peterson's been looking for, and he has the athletic profile to develop as a deep threat. And then the running back that I really like is is David Montgomery, and he's not someone who, who jumps out at you with his athletic testing, but when you watch Iowa State play, I think this is a guy who, who can be a starting running back for the Eagles for four or five years, and, and so that would be the player I would watch there. Do you think Daryl Henderson is second round or third round guy? I think that's a little later. Uh, I mean, I, I see the the big playability, but I'd be more comfortable with that in the third round or fourth round than in the second round. What about Miles Sanders? Sanders. Miles Sanders would be a second round pick for me, and I, I like Miles Sanders quite a bit. Like Montgomery a little bit more, but but I'm looking at, at in the second round. I'm not looking at change of pace guys. I'm looking at, at, at kind of potential starting running backs. And I think Sanders and Montgomery both fit that profile. Well, let's focus on the running back just, just briefly here because the Eagles have, have done a lot of work, pre-draft work, at least as, as far as we know publicly, on running backs. They've brought a lot in for visits. Um, you know, Josh Jacobs, uh, they've been kind of all over. I don't think they take him at 25. Maybe if he drops, they could do something. Um, but... This is a draft that's not the caliber of the 2017 draft mm-hmm. in terms of running backs, but I really feel like they 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 need to get someone dynamic at that position. I've kind of I've kind of <laughs> exhausted that word in talking about the position, but you know they have Jordan Howard, who's just kind of a first and second down plotter. And you have you still have Josh Adams, and you still have Wendell Smallwood, you still have Corey Clement. But I would just love to see a, a dual threat guy that just has brings some electricity to that to that backfield spot. And we mentioned Daryl Henderson, who has kind of that that ability. Is there anybody else, maybe in the later rounds, that you say that they could, let's say, they don't hit on somebody in the second round, but the fourth round, and maybe even the sixth round, kind of take a gamble gamble on? Well, not the sixth round per se, but but Justice Hill, and and, and that might be third round, fourth round, and in, in the same territory that we're talking about. Yeah, Daryl Henderson. State. Yeah, I I think Justice Hill can be that complimentary running back to a to a Jordan Howard type. Uh, has some speed, can catch the ball, uh, can be more of that big play guy as opposed to your your bell cow running back. If the Eagles want to go with that approach, but when you're talking about day three. 
the player who would jump out to me, and it's a similar discussion to Jeffrey Simmons in terms of the injury, is Bryce Love uh, from, from, from Stanford. And if we were having this conversation a year ago, I would have said Bryce Love's a player they should have taken at 32 if he was on the board. Um, you look at it a year later, didn't have the same year, uh, has an ACL injury. You, your medical staff needs to sign off on that because I've seen reports that he's not entirely where um, some, some teams want him to be in terms of the recovery. But Bryce Love is just such an electric player. He really did everything Christian McCaffrey did at, at Stanford. He was a Heisman Trophy candidate. And if you can get him in the fourth round, fifth round, sixth round, um, and redshirt him for a year, and then have him for four years because it won't be an accrued season, that would be an appealing situation. He really regressed, though, his, his last season there, um, before even before the injury. Yeah, but he was dealing with wonder. injuries, though, throughout the year, though. Yeah, right. Um, I mean, it was a, it was a drastic uh, decrease in terms of uh, yards per carry. But um, to get back to your original statement about the Eagles getting somebody in, a skill position guy, wide receiver. Uh, we mentioned Marquise Brown. We mentioned uh, Paris Campbell. What about someone like Debo Sweeney? I mean, Debo Samuel. Yeah, I mean, like him a lot too. Um, he's he's Randall Cobbish, I'd say, uh, and, and that's a good player to get. Um, I think there's a little more speed you can find, but I think that type of player who can be. A chess piece challenge teams horizontally is something that, that like I said, Peterson's wanted. Peterson's mentioned it. They tried it with Josh Huff a bit and really didn't work out. And so you're really looking at two types of receivers. You're you're looking at at that player who you who you can use around the formation, jet sweeps, get him in space, or you're looking at, at at kind of the bigger physical receivers like Hakeem Butler from from Iowa State. I think the Eagles might be more in the market of that player they can move around the formation. Do you think there could be any surprises, though, in those first three picks? I mean, you know, I don't know if tight end was a surprise last year, but I don't think a lot of us were, you know, number, thought that that would be if – if you asked us which position, I don't think we would have had that ranked number one. Linebacker would surprise me because, uh, I mean, it's, it's clearly a need for the Eagles just – it's not a strong linebacker draft after you get past Devin White and Devin Bush. I don't think either one of them falls. Um, so so once you're past those guys, I don't think there's anyone there who you really jump on relative to other positions. And frankly, it's not a position the Eagles have valued outside of Michael Kendricks. Um, Howie Roseman has never taken a linebacker before the fourth round. Kendricks was the only one. Uh, so I would say that would surprise me if it's a linebacker in round two. We haven't really talked much about the offensive line, and it's been a while since the Eagles have expended a, a pick uh, in the first two rounds on that on that position since Lane Johnson in 2013. In fact, um, they've been able to kind of ride these guys for a while. They went out and got Brandon Brooks, of course, as a free agent, but you know, and the, last year they did spend two uh, third day picks on Matt Pryor. And Jordan Mulata, I think a lot, a lot of what they do at offensive line depends upon what they really think of those two guys. I think they, you know, they publicly say they love them and they think they have a bright future, but uh, we don't know. And nor do, yeah. nor do they really. They've yet to play in an NFL game. So, is it possible O line in the first round, and if not, the second round? And and who do you like uh, in those spots? Yeah, very possible. And 
I don't know if you'd be looking at, at kind of that pure left tackle that maybe other teams are in other years you would. Because, I, you know, I, I do think the Eagles are developing Jordan Maialata. They like Matt Pryor as a guard. I, I think more of a versatile player. Like a, if you're talking about number 25, Cody Ford is someone who can play guard, can play tackle. Uh, Chris Lindstrom, if he's there in the second round, I don't think he will be. Has that guard tackle versatility. I think those versatile offensive linemen, because if if you're if you're the Eagles and you're doing long term thinking here, Jason Peters has what one year left at left tackle. Um, Brandon Brooks is coming off a major injury. You don't know how much longer he's gonna be playing in in terms of talking about the next five years. Jason Kelsey, I don't know if he can be playing on the next five years. So in that case, you're going to have some openings on your offensive line. In the next, you know, five day, you know, in the next three to five years, and so you just want options there. You don't want draft replacements. You just want options, and so I think that's why versatility is an appealing thing. So Cody Ford, Chris Lindstrom, Dalton Risner, those are some players I would look at. Yeah, versatility and potential because the person, you know, you're not looking at a plug and play exactly lineman. You're looking at someone that you can develop, and of course, with Jess Stoutland, we all know his track record. You can give this offensive line lineman a little time to, to work into becoming an eventual starter. You know, I think ideally they hope that Jordan Mulata is the mm-hmm. future left tackle, but that's a bit of a gamble. And other than that, you know, I don't think you have a guy. I mean, Big V, I think, is a pretty good swing guy, but I don't think you you earmark him to that left uh, left tackle spot, you know, for the next ten years. So. As you mentioned, I think via Lindstrom, Dalton, right, uh, uh, Risner uh, is a potential. Maybe Greg Little. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'll say this too: uh, when I talk about these guys, I I tend, and this is all positions, I tend to kind of lean more toward big conference players simply because I've seen them. I mean, uh, you look at at someone like Titus Howard from Alabama State, who is a, a player the Eagles reportedly like. Jeff Stoutland was down there at his pro day, watching him, working him out. But I yeah. honestly, I, I haven't watched Alabama State play, so I don't have the same level of, of oh, opinion. Exactly. Yeah. Do your work. Yeah, so so I I can talk more about these major conference players, um, but, you you know, Jeff Stoutland, the Eagles brass, they're obviously scanning this pretty wide, so Titus Howard's a player to look at there. Yeah, I mean, look, let's be honest. We don't do that. We don't. We don't. We're not scouts yes. uh, for a living. It's it's tough, really, to kind of sit here and say I know that they're going to get this guy or I know that this guy's going to be good. We don't know, and the teams, oh. <laughs> for the most part, don't. They don't know either. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Titus could be a guy they get in the second round. Maybe if they, you know, the trade back in the third round, he'll be there. Um, but yeah, uh, he's a guy that uh, I feel like um, could be on, um, you know, on their board uh, because they're going to have. They're not going to have what? How many picks are there? Two hundred and. 70 total or something like that. They're not going to have to, you know, they're going to have about a little less than 200 guys on their list. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, let's jump back to the defensive line. And, and we talked a lot about defensive tackle, but what about the edge rushers? Um, look, there's, you know, Nick Bosa, Josh Allen, they'll be gone. Uh, Montez Sweat, depending upon what teams think of his, his heart condition, uh, could be gone as well. Mm-hmm. Brian Burns, uh, uh, Cleveland uh, Farrell mm-hmm. could be there. But after that, I don't think you take one in the first round, and you got to wait a little bit. They have a little bit of a luxury here. They have, you know, Derek Barnett. They have Brandon Graham. They now have Vinnie Curry. Um, we, Chris Long sounds like he's not coming back. As far as I know, he's not. 
Um, so you have the ability to kind of like the developmental guy there. I think that's probably more what they do with defensive end. What do you think? I would agree unless the caveat I would give you is if someone falls into the late teens and they want to trade up. I think that's a position they would trade up for. Um, so you're, if you look at Brian Burns, for instance, who's, who's 20 years old, 6'5", ran a, what, a 4'5", had 10 sacks at Florida State. Um, if he's there in the late teens, that's someone you think about. Uh, you're, you're reading now reports that Rashawn Gary's going to fall. Uh, Gary is, he, he did not have elite oh, college production. Him, yeah. yeah, but, I mean, in terms of elite traits, um, that's someone that if he falls, you have that conversation. Um, so I, I think edge rusher could be a potential trade-up scenario. Uh, Farrell's really the only guy who you're talking about at 25 could potentially be there. Sweat, if he drops, it's because of the heart condition, like you said, or off-the-field questions. And um, and in that case, it kind of goes beyond any type of evaluation that we're privy to. It's, it's what your medical staff is saying. Uh, so... I would say edge rusher is more of a trade-up or, like you said, a developmental guy later on. Uh, we haven't talked about the secondary. Uh, I think we both agree that cornerback is unlikely. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of young guys that they like. They're kind of stacked there. Now, do they have an elite guy? No, they don't. Um, what about Sydney? Well, I mean, I think they want him to be elite, <laughs> yeah. but we get to see that. Exactly. Um, the thing I think, you know, again, I've heard this argument just real quickly about not taking Simmons because of Sydney. I, I just, you know, I, I don't think uh, you hold that against Simmons, you know? I agree. Um, if you love the guy, you take him. And if you think he's going to be great for 10 years, you're willing to wait one year for that. I would just add to that and because I agree with you. And um, I've, I've never objected to the redshirt strategy for this reason. If you draft a guy... And he gets hurt on the first day of OTAs, or the first day of training camp. What do you think of him long term? Okay, it's 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 that same conversation. If you're bullish on the player that you saw on film, if you're happy with what you see when you meet him and you do your investigation, then you should be willing to wait a year. Um, so I'm I'm with you there that you don't hold what happened to Sidney Jones against him. If if you like the player and you're satisfied with the injury, then I think you pull the trigger. And also with Sydney, now we, we uh, I asked Howie and Joe about, you know, Sydney, with, you know, are you happy with the, with the move two years later? Of course, you expect them to say that publicly, but I do feel like they have legitimate optimism about his future, despite what happened last year. Look, they looked at the first year as a redshirt year, and that's pretty much what happened. The second year, yes, was a disappointment. I think there were some glimmers of, of promise before the, you know, the, the recurring hamstring strain. I do worry a little bit about his confidence. Uh, they did mention Brandon Graham and Nelson Gar- Aguilar, two previous uh, first-round picks. I know Sydney wasn't taken in the first round, but he was first-round caliber talent. Uh, guys that, you know, it took him a little while to get going. And I think with Sydney, he still has the luxury of time. And and is he going to start day one this coming year? I don't know. I think they'll probably have him maybe as nickel. It should be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, I think – Jalen Mills, we don't know about his injury and whether he'll be back by the start of the season. Um, but I think we still have time to see what, what Sidney Jones really is. I'm, I'm with you there, and I, I liked Sidney when he was coming out. I don't think we saw enough of Sidney last year to really have that evaluation. And if 
I were to bet that anyone in that cornerback room has the chance to be a pro bowler, I'd still say it's Sidney Jones. My concern with Sidney, and I, I wrote about this in February, and I spoke to him about it uh, during locker, locker clean-out day after the Eagles season ended, was he's very skinny, and he's 180 maybe, right? Mm-hmm. And he spoke about you know adding weight or not adding weight, and the Eagles don't really feel like he has to add weight, but they did mention strength. He does need to get stronger. And I wonder if doing if that affected him, and then you, all of a sudden you start getting injuries because of that, or if you really need to do, spend more time in the weight room and get more uh, muscle. Um, you know, that's a position where speed is paramount. I understand that. But there's a lot of big receivers in this NFL, and you got to be strong as well uh, to man up with them down the field. So that's something I'll be interested to see when, when, we, when we first see the players in a couple weeks here. What's Sydney look like when he comes back? Uh, but jumping back into the draft uh, – since we're on cornerback, I don't think that's somewhere they go early, maybe later, probably not. Um, safety is more of a, a realistic position, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, you know, Malcolm Jenkins is, is not getting any younger. Ryan McLeod's coming back from the ACL injury. They have a couple guys beyond them in terms of, uh, you know, the future. But could we see a surprise safety in the first round? I don't think so. But probably you mentioned maybe more in the second round. Uh, who do you like there? And who do you like possibly in maybe one of those later rounds? Yeah, so I, I would watch out for uh, safeties with corner backgrounds. That's something that the Eagles have talked about before Jim Schwartz has. Uh, it's, 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 it's really the way that they want to play that deep safety spot. Uh, and when you look, McLeod has, safety, has, has, has a corner background. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins has a corner background. So I would look at a player like like Shaunty Gardner-Thompson at Florida. I would look at uh, Darnell Savage from Maryland, Nazir Adderley from Delaware. Uh, those are three that really jump out to me off the, off the top of my head. Juan Thornhill from Virginia is, a, is, is another. Those are guys in that second round, <coughs> excuse me, in that second round area um, that would be very intriguing. Uh, and then thereafter, it's hard to say then, you know, you really need to see who drops. But I think that's a position they could address with one of their top three picks. Right. I think you have you have more uh, a better chance of finding who the Eagles may have at safety by looking at the cornerback prospects than you do probably the safety prospects. Well said. Because um, yeah. you, you bring in one of those guys to play corner in college, shut the college, and you can just transition him into playing safety. I mean, that's been an interesting position in terms of the way it's been defined over the last – uh, decade or so. You look at uh, Avante Maddox, who's looked at almost strictly as a nickel corner coming in, and he could play one of four positions, five positions uh, at any point over his career. So I think you just want to get a talented guy in, a guy that you trust, uh, you believe that can kind of come in and whatever you do with him can play at this level. Uh, we haven't talked about quarterback, and of course I'm not talking about a first or second round or third, whatever. Um, we all know that they have Carson Wentz here for the next how many years, uh, they hope. <laughs> but there is a chance of them taking a guy leader in, mm-hmm. in the draft. Um, Trace McStorley, Easton Stick. I don't think it's McStorley. I'm kind of joking there. Uh, I don't think it's Easton Stick either. I think they like to take these guys, you know, big. They look at, a, you know, a big guy that um, – you know, has some sort of potential, but just has yet to really kind of master his game. Who do you like there? 
um, as a potential late round pick or maybe someone who's a, an undrafted free agent. Yeah, so I mean, if if you're talking about just the the size, arm component of it, and someone they can there aren't mold, many of those guys. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, Buffalo's Tyree Jackson is is the guy that you know he's six 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 seven with a big arm, raw. Uh, but yeah. that's someone you know he he was down at 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 the Senior Bowl. I think that's someone that uh, uh, if you're trying to develop. Um, you you look at him. You look at like Clayton Thorson from Northwestern. Um, but if you're looking at kind of your backup types, Easton Stick, who is the North Dakota State player who who backed up Carson Wentz, was in that offense at North Dakota State. was a was a big winner. Doesn't have Carson's size. Doesn't have Carson's arm. Um, but if you're looking at him almost like a Chase Daniel type, um, then that's a different conversation. So. Uh, it really depends. Are, are the Eagles trying to develop a backup, or are they trying to develop a guy who can be a starter somewhere, and they can trade and and they can trade him and try to get a third round or fourth rounder in a few years? Yeah, I don't think they draft one. I think it's an undrafted guy, um, and, and they, they get to, and they'll bring in a veteran as well um, to push to push Nate Sudfeld. But it looks pretty clear to me that Nate will be the backup. I agree with you there. Here. Um. Surprises? Do you feel like the Eagles may, maybe have a trade for a player in store? Uh, we've heard we just saw Frank uh, um, Clark get traded to the to the Chiefs. Um, Eagles need a linebacker. Yep. Yeah, I I, I, I do think the Eagles are going to trade for a linebacker. I don't know if it's going to be this weekend, but before the season, I would really pay attention to that, especially after the draft when some of these depth charts get more settled. Um, that's a position I I would watch. Um, I think the Eagles are going to be active trading. Uh, that's that's not really a surprise. Howie Roseman always does that. You wrote that this week. Um, but it, it could be as early as the first round. If I had to guess, I think there's a better chance that the Eagles trade the, the 25th pick than draft at 25. Um, now, I don't know if that's trade down or trade up, but I just think this is going to be a very active draft, and, and the key is going to be the quarterbacks. Uh, I'll I'll give you I'll give you two drafts here. Back in 2014, when the Eagles drafted Marcus Smith, and they they really didn't have anyone they wanted on the board when they were picking. The problem there was that there wasn't the run on quarterbacks that they expected. If you, if you remember, Bridgewater went late in the first. Um, the, uh, Derek Carr went in the second. The flip side is the 2017 draft when the Eagles got Derek Barnett. Uh, what happened there was there's that early run on quarterbacks. Trubisky, Watson, Mahomes all went in the top 12. Um, so I would really pay attention to what happens with the quarterbacks. If Drew Locke, Dwayne Haskins, and Daniel Jones all go in addition to Kyler Murray and say the top 17 picks, then it could be real interesting who's on the board in the 20s. Yeah, absolutely. Can I throw one uh, trade at you? Please. For, for a prominent player? Because mm-hmm. the Eagles have salary cap space. Um, I think obviously they're, they're creating that space because they want to they sign Carson now long term, but what about Clowney? I would trade number twi- I would trade number twenty five for him right now. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I would do that right now. I mean, but I, I mean, I think the world of Clowney as 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 a player. Um, so if if he was available, obviously he's tagged, hasn't signed. I would trade number twenty. I would trade number twenty five for him right now. All right. Well, I guess that's uh, kind of our draft preview. Uh, sorry, we haven't really spoke to you guys in a little while. It's, it's a little hard when we're not. 
together. This one is actually, you probably could tell we're doing this uh, over the phone. But uh, should be an interesting three days, Zach. Uh, you're a much bigger fan of the of the weeks leading up to the draft than I am. Mm-hmm. But I love, the, I love the three days. That's, sure. That's, that's when things actually happen. I hate the speculation. I like the real stuff that happens. Um, I know you do as well. And this should be one of the more uh, interesting drafts for the Eagles. They have they have a number of picks. They have a high a high ones, and um, you know the goal here is to get three impact players, three starters um, for the long term. And I think there's enough talent in this draft where they can they can get those guys as well. Parting words. I agree with you there. Huge draft. I I wrote about it. Jeffrey Lurie has said this was all part of their plan was to be in this position where these next two years they have a lot of draft picks. It's, it's critically important that the Eagles find uh, not just starters, but at least one player you, you can kind of a, a Pro Bowl type player that you can build around. Three of the past four times that they've had three picks in the first two rounds, they drafted a Pro Bowler. Uh, they need to do it again. Absolutely. All right, well, that's it for the Birds Out View podcast, uh, draft edition. Uh, we'll talk to you some, at some point after the draft to kind of assess what the Eagles have done. Uh, but that's it for now in terms of uh, draft, uh, looking ahead to the draft. And that's Zach Berman. I'm Jeff McClain, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening.